just like this McRib here. Without stem, we wouldn't have these joys. Mm. Now, Jason would probably say, why did you choose that clip? Well, I don't I'm really sure choose the the moon. particular clips. But what did that do for me personally? I just turn it on. Nothing. What does this McRib do for me personally? Well, it's joy. Mm. It's so good. I can almost taste it. It's so good. Um, that was Jason, and I'm listening for the second time to uh, his podcast. Uh, what was it called? Mm, oh, so many roads. Very fitting. Very fitting. Oh, so many roads, and there are. But uh, we're going to fade Jason out because uh, if you're listening to this, there's a very good chance you're just li- you're listening to up in this brain. And, uh, like I am. It's a podcast I look forward to every single time it comes out. And and it's nice to have those things. That's something you actually want to hear. As opposed to something that comes down in your feed and uh, you got to get through it or delete it. Uh, Yeah. I guess there is a little bit of a... Would it be a renaissance? I don't know. A coming back to the early days. I think there's a sense, now that we've had 10 years of podcasting, there is a sense of people wanting to, some of the original people, wanting to get back something we think we had. And I do think we did have it. Uh, That sense of community and caring and sharing and all the stuff I like to talk about on the Dixon Janes podcast, even though this one technically is a Baby Sally podcast. It's one and the same. As uh, Anthony called me out on many moons ago, and uh, I tried to pretend it wasn't. Thinking you'd hear a different voice, and uh, the fact of the matter is, this voice appears to be one and the same. And I think that's good, because if you've really, really, really paid attention, you've realized one of the themes... Uh, through this podcast podcast exploration has been what is my voice? What is my true voice? Who am I? Uh, you know? And so this little experiment to say, well, I'm going to put out a nice podcast that anybody could listen to and then having that fall apart fairly quickly, maybe three or four episodes in, um, was a good thing. Because... Because, hmm, why was that a good thing? Because, like a student stuck on an exam, you're sitting there trying to think. 
I um, had another interesting class. I liked my Friday class. Probably only half the class showed up. If there's a test day, everybody comes. If there's no test, eh, it's it and miss. Who's going to come to class 3.30 on a Friday afternoon? But the ones who do come, I really have fun with. Uh, Chinese, Korean, and uh, Indian students mainly. And I spent an hour this time. Usually, you know, the, the idea was a warm-up. I'm going to put up one of these little pithy quotes and uh, pick it apart. Uh, and then we'll just talk about it. Well, I went on for almost an hour doing that. And, and they enjoy it. And I said, well, should I stop now or do you want more? No, more, more. Because they like it. And I get everybody involved. Everybody has to read it out. Everybody has to pronounce the words. Everybody has to pick it apart and say what it means. And, and they, get, they take guesses. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. And it's something that... I feel I'm doing well as a teacher. I'm actually in my own place, and I am not teaching. Of the textbook that we have, maybe I spent the last 15 minutes of the class, of a three-hour class on it, and everything else was stuff that I picked from here and there, and, and stuff to basically actually help them pass the course. Hey, how do you write a paragraph? These are the things you have to do, man. you got to have a topic sentence that's clear. you got to have three supporting ideas or main ideas, and then with each of those main ideas, you got to have a backup, you know, a for example, or one of these things to explain your idea. And then a concluding sentence, which is a wrap-up of the topic sentence, the old hamburger model they teach you in Canadian school. Now, I was never taught how to write a paragraph. Never, I never learned any of those things, so this is the fun of teaching. I'm getting really good at it, you know. I can understand this shit. Anyway... Are we wandering? I don't think so. It's uh, It was a good class Friday. I enjoyed the exchange. And I do an awful lot of, like, world peace stuff and, uh, you know, challenging dictators. My favorite, the favorite one I put up was a picture of, like, the eraser end of a pencil. So picture this. And maybe I'll put it up as the, uh, if I can remember the image for this podcast. If I haven't already used it, I probably have. It's the eraser end of a pencil, but it's wearing like a military shirt and he's holding a a baton type thing in his hand, which is meant to cause harm. And he's standing there in the foreground. And in the background, there's a poster, a wanted poster. And on that poster, all you see is a the top of a pencil, like the pointed lead pencil. And you don't, there's no words. That's just it. And what a wonderful thing for an English class. And man, the students, you know, what is this? Well, the somebody missed it entirely, and then somebody else came up and just did it brilliantly after a few tries and came up. No, that pencil is going to write things and has some power. It's going to write words, and the eraser thing doesn't want it to. And, of course, this, well, you can get it for yourself. I don't have to explain it to you, dear reader, do I? Look at the fucking picture and figure it out, if I remember. Yeah, so I'm in Buffers Park. It is a Saturday. It's just turned noon. And uh, I thought I'd try out the higher prescription level of my new medication. And I just have. I don't know if you've noticed, but I certainly have. Uh, just a couple of quick puffs on my vaporizer. It's still not, I mean, it's not like a homegrown, like, you know, in the days of the water pipe, which I talked about probably last podcast or the one before, you got that fucking thing bubbling and you got that, you you got your 
the water below, you got the little stem, the other hose to suck on, and you got your little blocks of hash, and you're holding a match, and those things start cooking and glowing red, and all that smoke here as you're pulling is drawing down into that, the base of the water pipe, and then coming back up through that tube and right into your mouth, and holy fuck, the smoke just blowing out of your mouth and ears, and holy God, that was a hit. Now, I'm not getting that on the vaporizer because number one, you don't get the smoke. And number two, it's very small. It's a, like a handheld little thing you can stuff in your shirt pocket uh, and easily carry, portable. It's nice. I'm glad I got this model. And I cleaned it out, told you I took out the filters, and it works, you know. And you recharge it using just the little USB thing and screw that into the battery and stick that into, uh, you know, one of these little things that holds a USB cable and uh, charge it up. So it's charged. It appears to be working. I've rolled the J with that same stuff. This is the 25% stuff, and uh, I don't dare light that one up, but uh, probably tonight. It's uh, John Lashinsky's birthday today, or cele- birthday celebration at the Poppers. Invitation only, sorry. But uh, I may make it. I may make it. I may show up just for one with Brian and uh, the Closet Geek. That's the plans for Saturday night. What do I do Saturday night? I go out drinking and have a toke. Hey, so what if that's a little routine? But let's back up a little. Let's back up a little. And uh, let me tell you why this morning was so special. Well, it's always special when I see my pussycat sitting in my office chair and open my eyes. And, oh, there she is just sitting there curled up. This little ball of white fur. And, uh... That's a bit of happiness for me, okay? So we'll park that, you know, and all the little exchanges and the beating up and the little wrestling matches we have and the scars and scratches I've got all over both hands from uh, letting her bite, you know. Now don't tell me how I should be bringing up my pets. Let's not go there. Uh, I wouldn't let her bite little children who'd come to visit and say, hey, you better not put your hand there for that pussycat because she might think... You're inviting her to take a chomp on it with those sharp little teeth. Anyway, that's always a pleasure. And and truly, 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 I have been a cat person all my life. And this cat has bought a great deal of love and pleasure and joy into my life. A joy in the sense, a broader sense, too, of the fact that my son is up at all hours because she sits at the door. Once we let her out, she wants to be out at night. And she sits at that door and she just lets out a meow. And only he can hear it because he leaves his window open. And his room is right underneath that door. I mean, right above that door. And uh, he will scramble downstairs and let her in. And not complain. Enjoy it. Uh, lately, if it's in the morning, like if it's after 7 o'clock, uh, I get a little uh, text message. Cat. Cat. <laughs> and uh, it's a little reminder. Okay, hey, I'm not getting up now in the morning. I've been up all night with her. Uh, you get her. And I'll see the text message and I'll go and look. Oh, yeah, there she is at the door meowing. So, all right, I know, I know, I know. You've had enough about the cat. But it, it's opened up new things in my life. It really has. And it's all been part of what is, to me, a very beautiful story going back several months now, just finding that stray cat and keeping her outside in a box for a week and having her bond with me, just curl up outside on the deck while I'm lying there in April and that. 
uh, anti-gravity chair, and she's just curled up on my chest and getting warm and warming me, and it's a very happy thing. We still have that very special bond. Okay, let's park the cat. Other than to say, the other thing that still fills me with joy is hearing my wife first thing in the morning saying, I, I should have recorded her, and I may sometime. She wouldn't like it, but I'll have to do it secretly. Shichan, Shichan, except in a much higher-pitched Japanese voice. And she, of course, is short for Shiro. And Chan is little thing, you know, it's a term of affection. If you know Japanese, you know Chan. Shichan. And uh, it's it's lovely. It's lovely. All right. So, speaking of my wife, I had to wrestle her out of my closet today. Literally. Physically. Wrestle her out of my closet. Because she started going in and said, you know, you got a lot of shirts you should get rid of. Here, let me just start. And she starts handing me these hangers with shirts on them. And, I, you know, I got to five. And I'm like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Brakes on, baby. Brakes on. You know, whoa. Get out of there. Grab. Give me those shirts. No, those are not getting thrown out. Now, two of them she has tried many, many times to uh, convince me to get rid of. One is kind of a, a green corduroy, which is old and it's a dark color. And it's one of those comfort shirts you put on and you feel warm. And my line to her was, you don't understand men's shirts. And I, I guess what I really meant was, it's not that you don't understand men's shirts. It's you don't understand men and shirts. Now, I don't know if all my listeners are the same, but I, I love shirts. I'm very attached to shirts. Now, I don't have a great collection. I'm, they're getting better and better. I've got more of them. But this green one is soft. It's warm. I never wear a shirt without a T-shirt, by the way. I'm one of those people. It's never shirt next to bearskin. It's T-shirt shirt. And I try to match up the colors and so on and uh, do that kind of stuff. But this green one is, is an old favorite. It's worn. It's old. But there's no holes in it. There's no stains on it. The one she likes less is kind of a red, you know, I'm going to say veloy. I don't know what kind of material it is. Like an imitation velvet. Kind of soft. And it's got a burn mark in it, or two holes, actual holes, a little black around the edge and a little hole. Very, you know, not very, very small. Like, we're not taking out a whole area, you know, six inches across. Tiny, tiny little holes. But I know where they are. One on the sleeve, one on the pocket. And that shirt I wore in a bar in Japan, one of those bars that only somebody who's lived in Japan would have ever been to. Because a tourist would never find them. They're under railway tracks. You know, there's an overhead, train going overhead. And these are the old-time, wartime kind of bars. And they're run by very special people. And this one, my good friend, my good, good friend, Chris in Tokyo, took me to, and he knew the person. And I've told this story before on Dixon Jeans, but I'll just, I mean, as well, just sort of fill it in a little bit, why I can't get rid of that shirt. She, um, it's a, it's a he and a she... Same person. Uh, and that particular night was very excited. There was nobody else in the bar. It was just me and uh, Chris sitting up front at the bar. And Chris said, this is kind of a special place. We'll just come in for one. Well, she did not want us to leave. And while serving us drinks, would duck behind the bar, put on another costume or something, and then pop up. Uh, until finally, I guess she was probably in full drag by the end of the evening. If she wasn't to start with, I don't know. Uh, but just, it was pure entertainment. And you're sitting there, and I'm watching. I mean, this is an old bar with a pack 
stacked with paper and books, and I'm watching the cockroaches going across the wooden counter, and like, whoa, this is kind of a neat place. Now, the end of the evening, she was drinking while we were drinking, and she got drunker than we did. By the end of the evening, I mean, the last thing we saw was as we walked down the street to get out of there, was her bare ass as she sort of turned her back to us and lifted up her skirt or whatever she was wearing and uh, said goodbye with this bare ass. We were some distance, fortunately, from her when uh, this took place. But <laughs> Now, how many bars do you get that kind of a treatment? When the owner comes out, the owner of the holster, the hostess comes out and uh, flashes you just to say goodbye, come again sometime. Um... Prior to that, though, and the reason I have the holes in the shirt is she decided it was such a special night we're going to set off fireworks inside the fucking bar. Inside the bar. Like, whoosh! These flares are going all over the bar. They're bouncing off the wooden walls. Like, this thing could have gone up in flames in an instant. And sparks landed on me. And that's how I have the holes in this shirt from the sparks flying from these fucking flares this person was setting off. Now, I can't get rid of a shirt like that. Like, whoa, hey, that is a special drinking shirt. So this is a holy shrine. Now, I don't know that I could convince my sons to hang on to it. And after I'm gone, I'm pretty sure that shirt is not even going to make it to the Salvation Army. That shirt is going in the garbage. But if anybody wants to put a claim in right now for a long sleeve, red, velveteen type shirt, uh... That's been worn, you know, it's been worn. A couple of minor holes in it. I'd say it's a collectible. I, I think it's worthy worthy of framing. Here's the story to go with it. Put, put it in a frame and put an, this audio clip underneath it so somebody just pushes a button and hears the story. Uh, and, and you're good. So put your claims in now. Email dixonjanes at gmail.com. And it's yours. All right, let's move on. What else was special about this morning? Other than wrestling my wife out of the closet, putting them all back. You know, there was one out of the five she picked that I'd, I'd part with. But that's it. One out of the five. Uh, next thing, I go down to my bar, my library, which I don't visit often enough. And I'm on the direction, on the path towards starting to make better use. All I need is a fucking turntable that works. And I'll be down there and playing records instead of watching fucking TV. So... I go down there, and on the bar, there's a little um, a little ashtray, an old ashtray, you know, with a little indents for the cigarettes to rest. And it says, stolen from, well, I can't remember the name, some sort of Italian-sounding name, parlor, uh, Chandon, Nebraska, something like that. And then a three-digit phone number, a three-digit phone number. I bought this as an antique shop, junk shop, uh, on our Southwest tour with the Barstool Buddha. A couple of years ago, a couple of summers ago. Because uh, those are the kind of things that I think make great souvenirs now. Souvenirs Now, it's kind of it's silvery, but like it's, it's basically it's pressed tin or metal or something. And it just, it's part rusty. And I'm thinking, I've been thinking for, since I've had it, wow, if you could just spray paint that a nice bright red, that's going to be a nice little ashtray. Somebody's going to want that. That's going to make a nice gift. And that was the intention all along. I never did it. And I thought, well... My number one son, the one in Melbourne, has uh, left a ton of spray paint in the garage from all kinds of projects he's worked on. So I call number two son and say, hey, I got a job for you. 
which I keep trying to do, you know, put on the tires in the car, rake the leaves, do this, and I just get him moving, get him away from his computer. I'd like you to spray paint this. And they're like, Dad, no, no, they like, no. And I work on him and I take him down and say, well, come on down to the bar. I've got to show you another one from the Fairdale store in Fairbanks, Alaska. Okay? I might have that wrong, but it's... Was it? No, it wasn't Fairbanks. No, it wasn't Fairbanks. The Fairdale store in... Man, man, in Alaska. It's a beautiful red little ashtray. And it's been used. We used it to smoke weed all the time. So it's burned. There's another. That's collectible. Except my sons are probably going to want that one. Their dad's old toking ashtray from Alaska from that Yukon trip. Summer 75. Holy fuck, man. Put that on eBay. Unless they have the story, nobody's going to want that. you got to have the story that goes with it. My sons have some of the stories. So anyway, I show him that, and I say, you know, this is it. And he comes around. He says, yeah, okay, 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 I can do that. But, Dad, why don't you make better use of the bar down here? Why don't you set the bar up? Why don't you why don't you spend time down here? And Let's play darts again. And I'm thinking, wow, thank you, thank you. And I, and I tell him, I'm moving in that direction. He says, yeah, but you always say that. And I say, but it, it's slow, it's slow. i, I got to get the turntable fixed. And, and I don't spend enough time in this one special place of the home that's mine. That's my corner, because I sit in that kind of lazy boy, this the recliner, and I put my feet up, and I got the remote control beside me, and I flick channels in the evening. And my life would be far better spent sitting down beside my books with all the artifacts and pieces in the library. And we went through quite a few of them, and I showed him the old iron Nigerian trading money, and I showed him the beads, the glass beads that the English brought over to trade with the the natives in Africa, and I've got a bunch of those, and each one of those is worth money on a for these stores that sell beads. These are authentic. These are the real glass beads, bright yellow with other colors running through them, and an old Hickok belt buckle that my father had, and these pieces, and I'm picking up, and he says, yeah, no, Dad, this is great. And he's loving it. And he's realized, no, these are things. I want those those two Sapporo mugs that you got. And I said, yeah, I bought those right from the Sapporo Brewery in Hokkaido. The his and hers, the two sides. Prime condition, beautiful blue enamel with gold lettering Sapporo mugs. Yeah, I want those. And I'm thinking, great, great. Some of my life will be passed on to my sons. Some of my life will be passed on. Now, by the way, this weed that I just had... There's two, there's two strains, the sativa and the indica, right? I talked about that last time. And one of them is a little more cerebral, and I believe that is the sativa. And the indica is a little more of a body rush and so on. So I'm guessing from the conversation we're having right here on the Dixon Janes, Baby Sally, you know, put a slash there between the two, uh, podcast is a little more on the sativa side of things. All right, there's a nice title, the sativa side. Boy, 22 minutes, 28 seconds. I guess it's probably time for me to slow down a little and uh, take a break. But uh, this is exactly what I wanted to do on a Saturday. It's raining here at Bluffers. It's not nice. But there's people sitting in their car parked on the edge of Lake Ontario. I'm facing this beautiful little inlet, the boat inlet, and my favorite bench, which, of course, is too wet to sit on. Quite happy in my car. And I guess I'll take a pause there because this is a pretty long stream to hold your attention for, and I could keep on going, but I just wanted you to know what a wonderful start to the day it was, even before I had this talk or two. I think I'll have another. And play some music.
and just sit here and feel good. All right? You're good with that? I'm good with that? Let's call it even. All right? Last time I said, uh, I think my ending words, my last podcast were, get over it. And uh, I got to tell you the truth, it's taken me a little while to get over it. But I am now. Thanks very much. And bye. Bye.
Yeah, now there's a sign for you. Had the earbuds in. Wasn't hearing anything. Waited a bit. Asked myself, what do you got the earbuds in? There's nothing playing. And then remembered, oh, I put them in because I was going to start talking. So, uh, yeah, slight delay there, folks. And you can guess why. I'm in my office. And I'm saying that because I'm not going to be able to say that too many more times. I'm vacating this end of December before I go to Australia. I made my new list today. I think it was B412-28. Everything I have to do before leaving for Australia, December 28th. And uh, fuck, there's a long list there. But one of them is empty this office. And I'm looking around and thinking, oh, today would be a good day to start. But i got no books. So you know what I can do? I can take the Beatles poster. I have a giant Beatles poster, and of course that's perfect for the bar. And man, if there is some way... I've got all these books that are really good books. And I don't have space for them. My bookshelves are full. And I've got them staring at a black bookshelf here, but... Could I sneak that into the home, another bookshelf? Mark probably wants it, so I uh, can't. And not all the books I'd want to show, but maybe my mediation ones and uh, a few on writing and grammar. Eh, no, they belong in the office. Upstairs office, that's it. Anyway, I've been fond of this place, but as you know, as I've talked about, I never put it to any good use, really never. There was that time after um, the Gestalt weekend when some guys bonded upstairs in a room and I offered to use this place. And I, th- I kind of thought I could take over the role of the facilitator. And, of course, I think a few people said, hey, just a minute now. What makes you qualified? I, I think that was a feeling. And, it- and everybody backed out. And it wasn't just for that reason. But the reason people were in a group session before was because they, they had some social anxiety issues. So the idea of going to this place and being crammed in a room together it didn't happen. And so that's one more reason for letting this go. And I, I don't count it as a, a failure. Or do I? Maybe I do. The fact that I never did any tutoring down here, that I never took any private students. You know, I sort of should, could have, still made use of this place. But it's a decision. It's a sort of this paring down, like, okay, stop doing this. Stop doing this. All these things that uh, you feel it's time to bring an end to. Slowly winding down. And uh, I guess this is one of them. Looking at a picture, a nice picture, a print I bought back, uh, no, a tie-dye. I bought back from Nigeria, which is authentic. Like, this is really beautiful. It's all blue. And it's an elephant and um, an antelope. Of course, antelope is what I ate a lot of the time in my village. Never saw any elephants in Nigeria except for uh, when we went to one national park. That was quite a weekend. With Humphrey Crick, a British ornithologist, at his invitation. Up in northern Nigeria, another place you dare not go now. Sadly. So I have lots and lots and lots and lots of thoughts flowing through my mind. Memories. Stories. And uh, 
I guess perhaps right now in this moment, not the energy to share much more. I'm waiting for uh, Dave. Oh, Dave's online. What the fuck? How do you uh, send him a message? It says online. Oh, I asked to be a. Um, I asked to be connected. I don't know what he has. I was going to interview. I was going to get do a uh, podcast with Dave today. Dave Delaney out in Nashville. So Dave, I'll figure out some way to connect, and uh, I'll hang this up. Put this down. Let's just count this a little interlude. Still reading uh, bits from Joni. And I've got some one passage that just jumped out at me. And man, could I ever relate to that. It's a beautiful passage, but you won't hear it. You can read it in the next Dixon James, which I'm thinking about turning into a 16-page inter- 16-pager. Did I mention that? But of course, that depends on you, people who write in. If you don't write stuff in, well, we don't get 16 pages. We get 12, which is fine. All right, signing off. Keep her going. This is uh, her last, her latest, most recent 
CD called Shine. And uh, I just had to have it. I just had to have it. Um, I'm, I'm still on that Joni Mitchell kick. I mean, this book, it's amazing. Uh, I decided... <laughs> God, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say the things I say sometimes, but I'm going to say them anyway. I wanted to send it to Jason. Jason Reese. Up in his brain, Jason. And But there's a part of me that, well, you can't force books on people. Like The thing is, it's all about creativity. And it's Canadian, so it seems a wonderful gift. Well, if it's a gift, don't say anything, asshole. Just do it. But there's that caution. Like, I was already composing in my head this sort of semi-apology of, well... You know, don't feel you have to read this, and it might not be the right time, and, uh, you know, this might not be of as much interest to you as it was to me, and all this sort of defensiveness, rather than just this simple spirit of doing it. But the thing is, when I give, I care. And I don't want anybody ever to feel a gift is a burden, which it can be, you know, because you have an obligation. You owe something. Well, you owe thanks, or you owe, I have to read it now. The fucker sent it to me. I gotta read it. What if I don't want to read it? I got other things I'm reading. So I'm very conflicted that way. And uh, if there was going to be a surprise there, it's spoiled because I know Jason listens to this podcast. Hi, Jason! And I'm actually quite pleased that other Jason, Jason with, what is it, with an E, right? is uh, also a listener. And hi to you too, Jason. Hi to the Jasons with a J. And, uh, of course, that's exactly what I've just done, except it wasn't a J, it was the vaporizer. I'm sitting here in um, St. Andrew's Cemetery, not in the cemetery, parked at the gate. Uh, squirrels to keep me company, all the leaves have fallen, there's a little bit of frost, we had a little bit of snow yesterday, and it's just sort of big pellets almost. I'm sure the Inuit have a special word for it. Um, so that is a change of the season. And I thought as I drove here, knowing I was going to podcast, do I come to the cemetery or do I go to um, the park, Thompson Park, which is just around the corner? Because... I believe that wherever I part was going to shape the podcast. I mean, I'm looking at graves now. Well, surely that, you know, I mean, that has to have some impact. And if I go around the corner and go to uh, Thompson Park, I'm looking at this vast expanse of green and beautiful trees. Uh, surely that's going to make things better, happier? I don't know. So the answer was, well, do both, dude. Do both. Meanwhile, I'll have a toke. Now, Monday morning having toke is not my usual pattern. But now that I have this new prescription and I've just come back from my uh, vascular surgeon specialist with good news. No, this is the remake of uh, that famous Joni Mitchell song. I, I read, I've been reading about this, of course, in the book every album is talked about. It's, it's like reading the book I read about Leonard Cohen. It was so good and it gets you so deeply into his life. I have the balance. And now, of course, I say that and I say, well, I can't give that away. If I've got my Leonard Cohen bio, I've got to keep the Joni Mitchell bio. So I don't know. You don't know what you got till it's gone. You don't need the rest. You just got to remember that part. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And, I, and that's sort of what I'm trying to remind myself. You've, you've come back from seeing a vascular specialist. Well, why? 
you know, the fuck? Well, I had this little mini stroke back in April, and uh, so, hey, you're in the system now, buddy. Have those MRIs. Well, the good news is, he said, I got good news for you. After all, I sort of blabbed away. It's in my back. It's my back. Is it the stroke? Is it the damaged nerves? Now, his advice was exactly what the other doctor said. Listen, if it is a nerve, you got to get that seen to, because otherwise the nerve will just die, and you'll never get that stomp out of your walk. And if it's still living, you know, if I haven't left it too late already, you asshole. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. Um, there's a chance, you know, this could be, something could be done. So I, I really do have to look into that. And the point is, okay, as of today, push my little um, family doctor a little harder and say, look, get me an appointment with a specialist. That's what I need. And I've heard that from two different sources now. So, hey, time to get a move on. <sighs> I, I, I decided I have a list of tasks to do today. And one of them is just to sort out my doctor and say, who am I seeing for? Because when I went into this guy, I wasn't really quite sure why I was going there. I just knew I had an appointment. Now, the good news, as I was trying to say, is that um, that little bit of swelling or tightening, I know the, the, yeah, the inflammation, I guess, of an artery that had gone from, you know, 1.7 or 1.9 it was at milliliters, went down to 1.8. And he said, now, there's a variable in there depending on how they measure it, so it's not really significant, except it's good news it's in the right direction. And if it had gone up to 2.4, we would have had a problem. You don't have a problem. But come and see me in six months again anyway. So good news on that front, right? This, this little stroke warning, caution, whatever that I had, is not the cause of my stomping foot. That's something else. That's that stenosis and pinched nerve and arthritis and disc problem and deterioration. And oh, my God. All this other shit. But I promised at one point I wouldn't talk about it on my podcast because there's nothing more boring than health. But I'm trying to relate a little good news. Okay, I saw the doctor. Doctor said, we're good. But you better go see another doctor. So that's on my list today. Uh, As is uh, mail the last copy of Dixon Jane's volume volume 20, number one, off to... uh, Chiang Rai, Thailand. I have two people in Chiang Rai, Thailand receiving this, by the way. They know each other. Um, then, what else? Uh, I've got marking to do. I'm not sure I'll be up to that. Oh, yeah, my window, my driver's window on my car. This happened in the same with my, uh, wasn't a Porsche 904 I had. It was a PT Cruiser. Thank you. Uh, push it down. Oh, it works fine. Opens the window. Go to open the window, put it back up. Uh-oh. 20 tries and it's going. So you know that's a sign. Hey, 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 you're getting another warning. Just take it to your local dealer. They're honest. They'll fix it. Maybe it'll cost 100 bucks. Maybe you need a new motor. Whatever. Fix the fucking window. Window's coming. It's the driver's window. It's not like the, the rear left passenger you don't give a shit about. It's a fucking driver's window. You go up to Tim Hortons, you need it. It's cold when you're driving and the window won't go up. And, you know, you're on your 20th try trying various ways to hold the button. If I sort of put a little pressure to the left or to the right, it might make a difference. Get that sucker fixed, asshole, like your wife says. When you got a problem, deal with it. Okay, so that should be on the list. I don't know if that's going to get done today, but at least tomorrow, tomorrow latest, okay, I will go see my car's doctor and get this fucking window fixed. All right, so that's done. Now, what else is on the list? What else was I telling you? Got to read a little more of Joni Mitchell. 
Have a Talk wasn't really on the list, but I think it was. I think the uh, issue is I was putting too much in the vaporizer. I put in like a whole block of stuff, and it doesn't. It, 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 the stuff that burns on the bottom can't get through the green stuff that hasn't burned on the top. So I got out my little pipe. I was about to light it up, and I said, okay, no, dump the excess weed into the pipe. Save that in case the vaporizer doesn't work. Take just a little pinch, put it in the vaporizer, try that, and if it works, put the pipe away. And that's exactly what we're doing, okay? So you with me so far? Because I am. Uh, yeah, I'm having a dandy old time. And you may think, well, this holy shit, man. Are you sure? Okay, so I'm bringing out two little glass jars. One says 15 on it, one says 25. Uh, and I've just had the 25. So I'm going to open the jar, put the little dab that's in my pipe. Where was it? Here we are. Put that back. It's like just, you know, pieces, if you fell on the floor, you wouldn't bother to pick them up. But that's all it takes, folks. That's all it takes. Screw the lid back on. I've got a full jar of each. So I, I've got a traveling kit now, basically. And you know what's neat about it? Come on, guys. Hey, you tuned in or you're not, all right? Now, fuck off. If you're not listening, fuck off. If you're listening, i got a story for you. Pulling out a lighter, which, uh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens lighter that one of my sons left behind. Uh, these two little jars. I've got three pens marked Hotel Chateau Laurier Vieux Québec. These are the pens. Now, there was a couple of people out there who have been gifted these pens, and these are collectibles. If you're into the Scarborough, these are highly collectible. Because these are the ones I unscrew the bottom. They're nice and fat. Unscrew the bottom, dump out the pen stuff, the stuff that writes, roll up a doobie, and put it in there. So in these pens, I've got one unsmoked 25% doobie, one leftover from the last time I had some medical marijuana sent from BC. Pretty weak stuff, but does the trick. Uh, you know, maybe a third of a J. And the other one is maybe about half a J. Maybe it's also down to a third of the 20% stuff. No, no, I haven't opened the 20%. No, the 15%er. That's right. So, whatever I just said doesn't matter. I got three pounds with my supply of weed. And I'm putting them in the bag. And this bag is kind of a little gray bag with a couple of drawstrings on it. And on the... There's a little leather patch sewn on it. And it says Canadian. And any... With a little arrow where the A goes. And anybody from Canada would recognize... Oh, yeah, we used to have two national airlines. Canadian and Air Canada. Air Canada bought out Canadian. We no longer have that. And I'm very sad that Canadian disappeared because Air Canada has a monopoly. I guess for some reason, us being poor little Canada, we couldn't keep two national airlines afloat. And, of course, they are. It's fucking expensive running an airline. Jesus Christ, you know, you want to have rules and stuff. Anyway, this bag, old, faded, is the bag I was given when I boarded Canadian uh, back in 1993, April, I believe. When I got the news, my father died. I had to buy a ticket at the last minute and fly back. And uh, the only thing available, I think, was a business class. I paid a fortune. They bumped me up to first class of 747. You get on, you get your champagne, you get your slippers, and you got this little bag, probably with toothbrush and shaving gear and other stuff. Uh, and I thought, my dad would be so pleased I'm flying back first class for his funeral. 
And uh, I guess a matter of hours later, I'm alone in a room looking at the open coffin and seeing how he looks like a, a knight of old, the kind you'd see in an old church in England, lying there, you know, the stone carving, white-faced and noble-looking. And I felt quite close to him. And I realized that he was going to be cremated, and in his top pocket, and I've told this story, yes, you know, in his top pocket, I reached in to mine, took out a little piece of gold that uh, my son had bought at a little street sale in Tokyo, Yokohama. Something, it was something supposed to be very old. Maybe it wasn't even gold. It was something that was supposed to be, you know, a million years old. Something special that my son said, this is for Grandpa. Before he knew, of course, he had died. And I put that into his uh, breast pocket of his suit as he lay there, knowing it would be cremated and go down with him, as would the special uh, pin he had of uh, a gold pig, which was a group he belonged to, Dirt Diggers, I believe, which uh, had something to do with the uh, seaway, building of the seaway, dredging the seaway. I found his uh, obituary the other day. Damn, I wish I put it on. Uh, or one that was written up in Valleyfield. We hadn't been living in Valleyfield for since 2000. Since, uh, since when? 1958. But still, the people in Valleyfield wrote a very nice obituary about him. Les Bull, my father. So it seems kind of fitting that uh, here I am talking about him. And... Uh, Yesterday I drove to, this would seem an unrelated topic, but let me go on because that's what this stuff does to me. Drove to Millbrook, a town near Peterborough, maybe half an hour from Peterborough, tiny little town that I wanted to explore so much. And I was there to go into the hockey rink, the local arena, and look at the people, the small town people, because there are small town people from Gempville coming up with their hockey team to take on the local team in, uh, in these tournaments in a bantam league that my niece's son plays in. And it was a delight to see the game, to see my niece's son and daughter, who I'm fond of. And my niece and her husband, Ollie, who I have mentioned on this podcast before, who has been a keeper of The Rock. In fact, he was a cover of the Dixon Jane Zine way back when he had The Rock and he was threatening to throw it into the Pacific Ocean. Uh, which he didn't, of course. The Rock I don't have with me now, but I will be seeing uh, in uh, before the year is out. I will have that rock in my possession. So there's just a number of things that keep me going and keep me excited. And I, and I realized one thing today. I was, I was at a party Saturday night. It was an eventful weekend, all right? Saturday night, John Lushinsky's birthday party. That's Picard 102. I've revealed the secret identity. Is that is that wrong? I'm sorry. I don't think that's much of a secret. At his birthday party at the um, Poppers, and did nothing but complain about what a shitty bar Poppers was. They'll take your money, but they won't fucking give you service. You can't even get a reserve sign from them because people steal them. You can't play darts, even though we're in the. They reserve the dart section for the party. Whole fucking section they had reserved. Well, no, you don't dig darts because people steal them. Fuck you. 
the millions you're making in fucking poppers is huge two three story bar on the fucking Danforth you can't afford to lose a few darts Jesus Christ you can't afford to lose a few little reserved things so you won't give them you have to write on a fucking paper napkin reserved to keep the people away holy Christ what kind of bar I give my card downstairs well Moving upstairs, no, you can't ask them upstairs to charge you one downstairs. Yeah, I kind of get that part. It's a separate bar upstairs. You know, you can't fault them for that. But fuck, it's it's like the fucking other bar I don't like to say what. Great beer, shitty fucking service. Nothing wrong with the beer at Poppers, but I just don't like their attitude. They've got the people coming in. It's filled. They don't have to be nice. It's not like the only. I told John next year, fuck man, have your party at the goddamn eating house. You get tons of tables you don't have to reserve. You can put tables together, plenty of room. There's a fucking dance floor. If there's not a live band, there's a DJ between sets or all night. You can get up and fucking dance. You can get pitchers of beer instead of this. All these people are drinking all these fancy menu drinks with this and that, you know. I guess that's what they want. It's not what I fucking want, but I went anyway. I didn't go to bitch, and I'm not bitching now. I'm just telling it like it is. Like, just... Fuck, man. Why put up with this shit? So, Brian and I went... We were the oldies. We were sort of the fringe. Like, you know, we we were... What the fuck were we doing there? Well, we were invited, so I went. I tried to talk with people, but... The point I'm coming to... And it's the same that you might be experiencing right now. People don't want to listen... People got their own thinking, their own connecting, their own shit to do. And I know that when I'm at the point of a story and I'm just about to give out the conclusion, the punchline, the part that ties it together and makes sense. And somebody turns away to get something from a friend or to ask somebody else a question. What the fuck, man? I was telling you a goddamn story. Jesus fucking Christ. Fuck you. Leave that table on earth. But the thing is, they are perfectly within their rights. Why the fuck should they be listening to an old man? Because this old man, the Scarborough dude, air quotes, thinks he's important. However, there are still times when I can still charm people, when I can still get their attention and hold it like magic. Cast a little spell, you know? Like when I met the uh, other guy, Michael, who does the stand-up and, uh, you know, what do you call that when you get up there and you improvise, you know, does that stuff? Gutsy. He was looking good. Everybody was changing a little bit. Rick Weiss was there, married, not with his wife. Of course, Lily, you know. A certain crowd of people I know through social media. Hey, this is the crowd that's fucking putting on the 10th anniversary PodCamp Toronto. So I got to show them a little respect. I owe them some respect. These are the guys that are putting on an event that's going to bring a lot of us together. All right? So I just got to put that in there. I owe them respect. They don't owe me fuck all. They are kind enough sometimes to actually listen. And I did have a good conversation with John Lushinsky, so I am glad I went. And it made up for last year, which I found very depressing, and partly because I stirred things up and uh, nobody wanted to talk to me <laughs> or hear from me. I am a bit of a shit disturber. All right, you get, it goes with old age. You know, you get old, you get kind of fussy. Uh, enjoyed this so far? Because I'm not finished yet. 
Um, so the Saturday morning, so the Sunday morning, off to church, just in time. Made it, got in. They had a guest speaker. Seven ways the world is getting to be a better place. I needed to see that. I made notes. I'm not going to share that with you now. Suffice to say, the world is getting better in spite of what you may think. And this ties into the Saturday night because those millenniums, those people in their early 30s now seem to me to have a pretty shitty outlook or depressing outlook of the whole world. And I'm saying, holy fuck, was I ever lucky to be young in the fucking 60s. God damn, was that ever a bonus ride. Like, that's getting a fucking gold ticket, man. And I'm, I'm not flaunting that. I'm not trying to rub that in. I'm just saying I'm fucking grateful for the benefits I've had, for the fact that you could quit one job, move to another town and get a job the next week. You know, we fucking had it good. Now, John, Lashinsky turned around and blamed me. You're the guys who fucked it all up for us. And I'm saying, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I don't think so. Well, aren't you the permissive guys who raise your children? No, no, no. A lot of the hippies are stricter than uh, than others. It, it's we had this carefree, easy attitude, but we got it through the zeitgeist, the spirit of the 60s. Hey, changed our thinking. We didn't, I don't think we fucked things up. But anyway, hey, I personally didn't, so I'm not taking any fucking responsibility. I've done my best to lead a good life, all right? That's what I'm sharing. So now, here's a question some of you may be asking. Listen, that prescription he got, is that really good for him? And I'm thinking, it's Monday morning, a day normally people feel shitty about. I'm not even aware of any back pain right now. I've only had an infinitesimally small amount of this pot, this government-grown marijuana, government not grown, sorry, privately grown, but under government support, government permission, you order it online and it gets delivered to your door by Canada Post. Holy fuck. And I bragged about that. I bragged about that. Like, hey, fuck, man. This is Scarborough Dudeworth. I know I've said it before on this podcast, but I'm really proud of what I have just done. And whatever you may think, well, man, you're just fucking stoned. You're, 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 you're wasting your life. Fuck you, I'm not. I'm actually enjoying the time I'm sharing. I think what I'm doing now in this, delivering this podcast, whatever you may think of it, to me, this doing this now is one hell of a lot of fun. So I'm going to close it down there because I'm, I'm starting to get defensive and, uh, and probably very annoying if I haven't annoyed you already. So I'm going to turn on the ignition, drive down this wonderful, wonderful little secret little road here that uh, if you're ever a visitor of mine, I will take you to this place. I have done tours. Dave, formerly of Chubb Creek, I've given this tour. Uh, a couple of other people have had this tour. My favorite places. This and Bluffers Park. And uh, you too. If you look me up, you can have the Scarborough Dude Tour. Yeah. Might even give you one of these silver pens. <laughs> Loaded. Oh, no, no, no. Not, every, not all of you go that way. Never mind, never mind. Don't apologize for not being a toker. All right. Signing off uh, with little Joni. I'm going to have to fade it out somehow. I haven't really been listening. You've, oh, that was that was a clumsy fade out here. Let's try a little better. Fade up. And then fade out. Or fade up and let the song run out. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make intellect your king. If you can eat me, try 
You got the fight, you got the fight, you got the fight. 